We're back. Here it is. I'm not even going to film the intro because chances are if you're listening to this, you listen to the first one, so you know what podcast you're listening It's Cam, KJP, to. Cam's, depending on the season you met me, this is a little bit of joy okay. letting light into That's your enough. week. And over under on how long we can make it before a two and a half year old decides to let his voice be heard. I'm going six minutes. Okay. Let's see. So I told you that we were going to start when we meet them. Yes. Right? And should I, should I play the video before or should I play after we talk about it? I say play now. Okay. So this is a video that we filmed at 7.34 p.m. on August 26, 2019, leaving the park after having met them. Okay, girls. We just met you for the first time. We freaking love you. We do. So much. You're you guys so are so fun. fun. You're so fun. Naya has big muscles. Big muscles. And Tati and Kanaya and I, we played hide and seek. It was so fun. Like an hour. Little baby Mari, she's like learning to walk. She's 14 months old. We just can't wait till you're ours. Love you guys. So over under was yeah. six minutes, and it's now and officially it's, 30 seconds. So we're gonna in. do a quick pause. Be right back. I'm guessing the per the first of three, I was maybe say, five. That's pauses. definitely not gonna be the last time. So if you're really sad, like, oh, why did they let him talk? That's probably going to be an option later. Yeah. Okay, so we go to the park by our house. We were in touch with Foster Mom about meeting them somewhere close to both of our houses. Correct. And we, Foster and I, freak, well, tight too, but um, on the way to the library, we, Fossey and I would frequent this park, and so it just was a part of our weekly repertoire. So we decided to meet there mm-hmm. on a Monday night. And what do you remember how you were feeling like going into it? I think it was just surreal. I think like we had seen them in pictures and we had talked to a lot of people about them, but they didn't seem real until we got there. Yeah. Like seeing them and playing with them. And obviously they were shy. And I think we were like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Like you're not babysitter. You're not yeah. a foster parent. You're not adopted parent. Like yeah. it's just kind of a weird role of yeah. like trying to meet them and get to know them without freaking them out. Yeah. So. And I feel like foster mom did a good job of kind of like, priming them for who we were like it, they didn't seem like freaked out by us no. at all um i do remember walking there being like i i wasn't nervous until the walk there when i was like oh they could like not like us yeah for like sure. we need them to like us a little bit yeah i mean we we wanted yeah. them to like yeah. us i don't know that we needed them yeah. to i, I think... mean now, yeah now that there are kids we definitely don't need them to but... yeah <laughs> but i think there was this like idea of could we get there and things like be a train wreck yeah for sure so and it was great we Probably got there at 6, and that was 7.34 was the walk home. Do you remember the dancing? Oh, that was hysterical. We, like, went inside to use the restroom, and there was, like, adult dance class where they were teaching people how to, like, salsa and do these dances, and these kids wrecked it. Oh, like, yeah. they broke in the gym, started dancing. The dance teacher, like, totally danced with them. He was great, though, about it. Oh, he was like, awesome. He was awesome. It was just funny. Okay, so is this where we bring up perhaps our biggest argument? Not argument, but biggest, like... The, the talk in the stairwell is this where we I kind of like start to set the context about how you're feeling at this point and how I'm feeling at this point well I think there's really two conversations in the stairwell okay there's the first one that you're kind of talking about where you were like hey I'm so glad that you're excited because I think you y'all can even just for a little context you can hear in the video leading up like the only reason these we have these girls right now is because of how excited and like kind of like I would say in lust you were with the idea of them from like the time you found them on adopt Kansas kids through like let's not use the word this. lust 
We're talking I'm, about like five year old. But kids. I that like that's what I'm talking about. Where I'm like, love connotes like a like choice. Whereas I'm not obviously it's not lust, but you know what I'm talking about. Like where you just were like, there was a blind. Yeah. Like, I would say naive desire. For sure. I think that's how I would describe it. Is this like naive, like, you love the idea of what this could be, but you probably haven't really thought through what this all entails. Yes. And so, after meeting them at the park, we had them over for dinner one night, and Mm -hmm. they stayed from like five to Mm eight-ish. And... You had to leave. I had to go to the a very first meeting. night we had them. Yes, you had a young life committee meeting. Yep. And so you probably were around them for what twenty minutes uh, before having yeah, to leave? like forty five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So and it went well. Colin and Ann came over. I invited yep. them over, and that was great. Um, it was really sweet for them to meet them on the second night that we had met them. And you came home, and did they stay over? No, they left. They left. But I feel like you came home, and they were still there. No? Was it just me and Foster? I think they stayed the I night. I think they probably... Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think, I think they, they stayed the night. I don't think they would have just come for a dinner. And so you get home from the committee meeting, and you're, like, very happy. And you're like, how did it go? And I... It, it really did go well, but I was, like, tired. Oh, yeah. But you were still, like, just very, very, very happy. And very, very... Like, this is awesome. And so I, I would say that, like, started the... Where I started to, I'll just flat out and say, resent you a little bit. Because it seemed like you, I told you this and I don't actually think this is true. I was like, I don't even feel like you were this excited for our own kid. Which is not true. But in the moment, I think like emotionally, that's what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of weeks go by where we continue to have the girls over. They stay the night. We have since mastered bedtime. Where now, like bedtime is like. Yeah, 20 minutes. So easy. Tops. The first couple of times... It was an hour. I told Tay, I was like, I understand why parents hate bedtime. It was horrible. Yes. I have to potty. I need to drink. All this stuff. And so now we just... We don't... Yeah. We have that streamlined. But after one of the nights, we go down into the stairwell of... And this is when we're still living with Tay's parents. And so there's two ways to get up to our um, living quarters. And so we were in the back stairwell. Yep. And... We're sitting there just looking at each other, and I'll let you take it from here. I came to the conclusion, and this is a little bit about me, like there is just a very rational, but typically out of a somewhat selfish like thought process of, hey, this will impact me and or the things I want to do and or the things that we want to do as a family and things like that. And so I think that through some of the nights that they had saved because it wasn't just that one night mm-hmm. I mean, it was a handful of nights mm-hmm. like through this process where mm-hmm. we did respite where it just became very apparent that like everything took forever mm-hmm. and i think my eyes were widened to like oh you think that you can just continue to do life as normal mm-hmm. and bring these amazing god-given girls to you but like you can't just keep going on as if, like, you mm-hmm. would have with just one kid. Because mm-hmm. literally at this point, Foster just went wherever we went. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have a choice. Yeah, we had him figured out. And so I think there was this reality of you're trying to do young life and do these other things. And and you're expecting things to stay the same and they're just not. Yeah. And so I basically was like, are we making the right decision? And again, selfishly, was like, this really impacts my time or this really impacts 
our time together because they take so much of our yeah. time in the night or in the morning yeah. or things like that. Yeah. And so I think I felt like all the time that we had as individuals was getting swallowed up. Mm-hmm. And the, I would say too, like they're the, a couple of the days that we had them, like it was, there were weekends or like something. And there just were times where we would ask them like things like, do you guys know how to swim? And they'd be like, oh yeah. And so of course, today's parents had a pool. So we'd go back and we'd, they'd say, all right, jump in and swim to the other side. And I was in the pool. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't know how to swim. And so just like things like that, where we're like, this just becomes so much harder. Like one two-year-old in the pool versus four children in the pool. None of them know how to swim. And I just remember that day. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I looked at Tay and I was like, what are we going to be doing? Do y'all hear that knock? What are we going to do all day? What would you like to say? Um, I, I, I want to say, God is keeping us safe. God keeps you safe? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to say... Happy Holy Week. Happy Holy Week. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Love you. Happy Say goodnight. Good night. And we're back. That was two out of three. Yeah. One more. I'm banking on it. Um, which again, now that is totally different. Like now weekends with them, it's like it doesn't feel, I mean it does feel different than a weekday, but like I just remember those first couple of times we had them like all like full day. And I do have to add, we had Mari which we do not have Mari right now. That's their baby sister. She'll be two in June. And for some reason, she made things 55 times more complicated. And she's the sweetest girl ever, but she just also needed one adult's hands and eyes at all times, similar to like Foster in that phase. And so it felt like Camry was with Foster and I was with Mari and we were trying somehow to like also parent these other three girls. And so I think... We both notice a significant difference, which I really do feel like is the Lord's provision. For I sure. know that that might sound terrible, yeah. but like the fact that Mari was not up for adoption and yeah. throughout this whole process, like she has been cared for in different ways, for sure. I think has really allowed us to like actually be, I'll call it decent parents. Yeah, for sure. And I think like it has been such a gift too that. I know we talked a little bit before about birth order and how we kind of went out of order. It's I cannot imagine having three children younger than five. I don't even think that's physically possible. But the fact that all three girls are older than foster, they're so much more Mm self-sufficient. Like they can each brush their teeth, go to the bathroom, wipe themselves. Kind of. (laughs) But there there are just a lot of things that they can do independently that they don't need help on. And so that makes it so much easier too. So... And we were at the park last week, and I asked you, have you ever questioned this? And you said, in the stairwell. The only time was in the stairwell. The only time was in the stairwell, yes. And I always tell people that that is when you went from 1,000% yes to 100% yes. Still yes, just with, and still like a full, I do not question this. We feel like the Lord is asking us to do this. Mm -hmm. But just the rose-colored glasses were kind of off. Yes. And I think it was similar to like marriage or any relationship or I honestly compare it a lot to like a job in the first three to six months, Mm -hmm. there will be one or two or three moments where you think you should quit or Mm -hmm. you think you should get out or you think it's not working or you Mm -hmm. think it's not meant to be. And I think like that was just one of those moments of like, 
the Lord saying, like, do you trust me? Do you yeah, trust the process? Sure. And I we've had this conversation recently a lot, so I think I can share it. Like, I think as humans, we really do have the capacity to do a lot. We will make excuses to get out of the capacity that the, like, the Lord has provided us. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, I think a lot of people can do more than maybe they think they can. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with being inconvenienced and kind of growing and stretching and learning mm-hmm. how to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like something we're figuring out. So sure. it's not like I'm saying that from like some mountaintop. I'm saying that from like, okay, we only know that we could do yeah. more because we were forced to do more and yeah. didn't love it, but we could do it. For sure. And I will say too, this um, is a question that I've gotten a lot. And so I feel like this is a good time to address it. A lot of people have asked, what did the girls stop, start off calling us? And, like, how was the, like, transition between, like, birth mom, foster mom, mm-hmm. who am I? You know, like, how was that all explained? So, sure. do you want to address that or you want me to? Yeah, I would say, I think a lot of foster kids are similar in this respect. I think they're pretty quick to say mom and dad. Mm-hmm. More, like, more quickly than maybe you are even expecting to hear it. For sure. But I think it's, like, mom and dad with, like, an asterisk yeah. that says, like, they don't full they didn't fully know what those roles meant because they were so fluid in their life. Mm-hmm. So like there was one time where you were out of town and it was me, KK and Tati and they asked like I wonder if our next mommy is going to let us have cereal. And that was like what a month into them being with us at, at least because yeah. it was here. Yeah. So it was one of those things where it was like they understand mom, but they don't really understand mom forever mm-hmm, or like for sure. a singular mom or a singular forever. dad or, yeah. Which so is, I think they, they saw us as respite mm-hmm. for a long time. Because they had and, done respite a lot. Uh-huh, yeah. And so they knew that term. And so I think we really had to have lots of conversations around forever and love and helping them understand some of the moms that they'd had in the past yeah. and some of the people that they'd had in the past for sure and why this looked a little bit different yeah now. and the way that their foster mom explained it was that they had a tummy mama and a heart mama which foster mom said she was the heart mama and that they would have a forever mama and so she said that i was forever mama yeah. and obviously tay was forever dad but it's been it's been very interesting even like trying to walk through with them their attachment with me specifically because and Tay put it well a couple of nights ago. He was like, it has nothing to do with the job either one of us is doing as a parent. I think because they've only had a mom, their fear of me leaving and me not being there is like just way higher. Like it's almost like you're just like they just know. I'm like an extra. <laughs> a little. Yes and no. I just think because they've never lost a dad, they're not afraid of you leaving. Yeah, and I, I just think that the mom role had played such a significant part of their life for the first for sure. five to three for years, sure. depending on who we're talking about. Because all three of them, and again, this has nothing to do with me, they crave and desire my approval so much. Oh, yeah. And it's almost to the point where this is a, such a terrible thing to joke about, but I tell Tay, like, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. They, like, are attached to their abuser because typically I'm, because I'm with them the majority of the time, I'm the one that's doing the discipline. And I can be very tough on them. Mm -hmm. And then, so we'll be going places and I will have just like ripped Nai-Nai. And we'll be like, okay, whose car do you want to ride in? Like kind of giving her like a break for me. And she's like, I'm going with mommy. And we're like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Why don't you hate me? Yeah. 
So that just, I think, is really interesting. But, like, it's, I mean, it's kind of nice that, and it's very sweet. Like, it's like, no matter what I do, they're like, please don't leave. Mm-hmm. And, which, again, speaking to the dryer sheet that I found a couple weeks ago, where Tati wrote on it, I love you, Mom and Daddy, please don't leave us. Yeah. And, and again, we say that somewhat flippantly, and people are probably listening to this thinking, like, well, duh, they're, like, foster kids and all these if you met our girls, you would know like, whoa, they seem super attached and super like well-adjusted and all these things. And I think we get to a place where we assume that they're more attached or more adjusted than they are. And then we come across a note like that or a comment mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, like we really are mm-hmm. still in mm-hmm. the like building blocks and foundation of like what our family is for and sure. who they are in our family and for sure I think that that's something that is easy to take for granted in the day-to-day mm-hmm. but like when you look back at a month you're like oh we are in a quite a bit different place than we were at the beginning of March even yeah um, let's talk a little bit about how we'll go back to timeline in just a second but let's talk a little bit about how Fossey reacted how he embraced them like what do you remember about that specifically I think the biggest thing I remember was he loved the idea of having other people around. Mm -hmm. He would always, like the first thing he would do when he got out of bed was like run into their room and scream sisters. And like he just wanted to make sure they were there. Yeah. Which was super, super sweet. Yeah. And he loved to like have somebody to play with. Mm -hmm. I think the hardest thing for them was they were used to Mari who would like let them pick her up and like basically do whatever they wanted because she was younger. And Fossey's just kind of independent. Yeah. And he's, I wouldn't say he's like a physical touch, like affectionate. Like no. that's not his love language at all. And so like they would try and do that and he was like, get up and away from me. <laughs> like now, get away from me. Um, and also like there was and still is sometimes where like he will say like, that's my daddy or that's my mommy. And yeah. like does have a little bit of this jealousy and this yeah. anger. And so I don't think he has fully processed and probably won't yeah. for a little yeah. while, but just this idea of like, we can't, I can be your dad and be their dad. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is really sweet that I didn't even tell you this, but um, when you took KK and Tati today, this afternoon, and it was just me, him and Nina, he was waiting at the garage door and he said, I want sisters. Oh, really? So that's, that's sweet funny. that he notices that they're gone. Um, I will say too, one of the prayers that we had for Foster in his name and just from the time that he was born was that he would be the like the one who was fostering relationships between his siblings and that he would be like indifferent to foster, you know, kids, adopted kids, biological kids. Mm -hmm. And it is pretty cool to see that prayer start to be answered. I feel like he is the one that really does unite all of them. Like they each love him. Like we have a seating chart. For every meal, who sits with Foster? Yeah, like, he can be the meanest. For sure. But he is the one that, like, does not get in long-term grudges with any of them. Mm. And they do with each other. Yeah. So, like, KK and Nine might be at odds. But, like, Fossey is good with both of them. Yeah, they're quickest to forgive. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think part of that's because they're older and, like, they just give him a ton of grace. Because I would not forgive him for some yeah. of the stuff he does. <laughs> but I think also, like, it is just cool to see him kind of break the ice as, like, a mm-hmm. two-year-old can. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't understand these, like, anger mm-hmm. moments. For sure. Okay, so let's go back to we're on the stairwell. And life starts to look a little bit different. We start to have them probably either every weekend or multiple days during the week, Mm -hmm. which means we're doing school drop-offs. It means that um, at the time I was still taking Nina and KK to Miss Penny's, Mm -hmm. who was their babysitter. 
that ended once mm-hmm. they moved in with us. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so I would take Tati to school. It was kind of chaos. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I just felt like I was driving around all day, and we we got we eventually got both girls into Andover School District. At the time, we were still living in Wichita, and so truly, I was spending over two hours every day in the car doing drop-offs. Yeah, and I think part of it was it is it. This is the hardest part I think of foster care is you're not like the legal guardian. Mm -hmm. So like we couldn't move them Mm -hmm. from a different school, Mm -hmm. even though we were in the process of adopting them because they had like an education advocate because they had a foster mom because they had a caseworker and a family caseworker. So I think there is, and it's all there to protect kids. And so I don't want to like make a light of it, but I think there is an enormous amount of hoops to jump through to do even like basic things like, keep them at home instead of going to daycare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so there's just some like funny rules and things that we had to learn kind of throughout the process. And so our life looked a lot different. We were in the middle of a fall young life, which is super intense anyways. Yeah. Um, And we were trying to. You were renovating this house. Yeah. Yeah. We started renovating this house because we knew we were going to move in. Yeah. Um, So I I would say that too is one of the biggest answered prayers for me was not resenting him for being gone every free moment that he had working on the house because obviously I knew he was over here working really hard um, painting every freaking surface of this house so that we would be able to move in by November which meant I was with five children because we had Mari still Mm -hmm. all day Mm -hmm. on the weekends and it was hard like it was hard but it was again it was such an answered prayer where like I did not harbor any resentment towards you because I knew that you were working like I knew you weren't just like you know around doing stuff that was not going to be beneficial to our family. So um, that gets us through October. So I would say we had some pretty unusual circumstances with their foster mom. Her dad was extremely sick. and It's like the beginning of October. They were supposed to move in officially towards the end of October. Yeah, but he starts to decline just pretty quickly. And Mm -hmm. it was hard because we were offering help a lot and... She would be like, you know, I think it's fine. Like, I think he's stable. And it just kind of got to the point where she was having to bring them over so much at, like, all hours of the night and day that we were like, can they just move in? Yeah. Like, and, and what's really cool about her is that she has, from the beginning, been such an advocate for them to be ours and for, like, them to be our kids. Like, she was, she's always been on board with decisions that we've done about discipline and... Um, we have not seen her hardly at all. Like the girls, Tati and Nainai have seen her once. KK lost the privilege of seeing her for a behavior thing. Um, and that's been hard because we do want her to be a part of their life. Um, but it is difficult because they knew her for three years as mom. And so as we made this transition, their structure in her house was different than in our house. And so we really struggled with like some behavior things of, going back and seeing her and then assuming that things would go back to the way that they used to be. Mm -hmm. And so we have maybe not done it perfectly. Not at all. But we have done it the way we thought we should. And I think that that's one thing that there is like some discretion in in this process is like you get to kind of decide to a certain extent how much they see various people. For sure. Um, It has nothing to do with our opinion of foster mom Mm -hmm. and everything to do with our opinion of like, can the girls process both situations in a healthy way and not leave more hurt? Yeah. 
confused. Uh, and we just yeah. don't feel like we've gotten to that place yet. Yeah, for sure. So they moved on with us full time. And we're like weeks away, no, days away from finishing this house and moving in. And I will never forget our first night in this house, number one, because I loved the house so much. But it just really felt like things we, were right. Because we lived in my parents' house for like a week. Yeah, maybe a little over. Yeah, around Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. One, one to two weeks with them. Mm-hmm. And then moved in here. Mm-hmm. And again, we loved living with my parents, but I think it was just this like, okay, things feel like they're supposed to feel. For sure. Here. For sure. Um, yeah. Like we get to parent the way we feel like we need to parent. Yeah. Um, there's boundaries, things like that. For sure. I'm going to pepper in a question that's not necessarily right with what we were talking about, but I feel like we can answer it now. Um, how did you connect with three sweet girls you were looking to adopt? That's weird. I don't know. Um, because there is, I mean, this is going to sound terrible. I think because of our time at Freedom Fire, where we worked with predominantly African-American kids yeah. in poverty, um, my heart just had always been kind of akin to that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, I'm a white male, and so you can say cliche or not, but I think yeah. there was just a reality there that like when we, whatever we would look at like people's stories and things like that, um, there was just some type of draw to that. Yeah. And then I think, experience. yeah, an experience. And I think there was just a reality of like you being mixed. Mm-hmm. Like there was some opportunity of like, Hey, like we can actually raise mm-hmm. African-American kids mm-hmm. with an identity mm-hmm. as African-American, even mm-hmm. though they might have a parent that's white. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the connection with them is still growing. Yeah. For like sure. I would say that at different moments, we have come to each other and be like, oh my gosh, like you're so connected to them. Like, yeah. I don't feel that, yeah. you know, and yeah. not, not in a way that's like, I'm not connected with them at all, but yeah. just that connection of like, do they feel like yours? Mm-hmm. And do they, sure. are you mama bear? Are for you sure. daddy, you know, that type for of sure. thing. Um, yeah. And there have been like different instances, I think for both of us where maybe we would have said like, oh, we didn't feel as strongly as we did. And then something will happen. Like the example for me was when I would take them to the YMCA and pick them up. And when you pick them up, obviously the kids zone worker is like, okay, who are you picking up? And I'll say, and that they know at that point that who I'm picking up because we're there every day. And so she'd say, Tanaya, Kanaya, Anaya. And this mom picking up her other kids, like kind of turned around and like looked at me like, what is wrong with you woman? And I just was like, so upset. Like Mm -hmm. just in that, I would say that I would classify that as a mama bear, like where I don't know if I would have necessarily said I was as protective of them as I was. And then just that emotion welling up in me, I was like, Oh dang. Okay. That's good. Yeah. And that's healthy. Um, I would say too, like similar to what Tay was saying earlier about, you know, feeling like we just were always going to adopt black kids. I think me teaching in a school with, you know, 98%, black students just felt very prepared for that and excited about it. And, um, I don't know, just encouraged to provide a vision for their lives that maybe would not have been cast before them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will also say as far as connection goes, like, I don't think there's anything Tay and I've done other than just like be there and be consistent. Like Mm -hmm. we're there when they wake up. And they can't wipe their own butt. Yeah. And I just, I feel like for kids at this age and especially for kids in their circumstance and who have lived the lives that they have, like being there is more than anything I could do, like to connect 
individually with any of them. Yeah, I would say for me, the biggest connections are like when I take each one of them one-on-one to do something. So like Anaya, when I would like help her get her glasses. For sure. Like that was just something that like, it felt like I was a parent helping her Mm -hmm. do things that she couldn't do on her own. Or when me and Tati go get donuts. Yes. it's us having yeah. connection, that type of thing. Yeah, so. and that's still something that we are like need to be better as far as just scheduling is like one-on-one dates with our kids like, yeah. a month. You know, like we took Tati to dinner by herself one time, and I think that that meant like a lot to her. Um, the other question was, any more biological or adopted children in your future family's future? Um, I'll let you answer it. We definitely are still open to adopting Mari. Their yes. little sister. Um, she is not up for adopting yet, but we will keep y'all posted as that progresses. And then, yeah, we I think we would love to have another biological child. That is something that we have just been, like, praying for and dreaming about for a long time. So yeah. we're very hopeful for that, too. Okay, so we move into our house. It's around the holidays, which was really fun. We got to host Thanksgiving, which was fun. Yep. Tay's looking at the time, like, when can I get out of here? No, I... Again, I'm always concerned about how long will people listen to me talk, but that's just me. People like you, Tay. Um, Yeah, so we move in. uh, The girls, two of the girls are in one room. Fossey and Anaya are in the other room. Mm -hmm. They're all on the same floor. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't remember a ton of things being super remarkable. I think we took a long time to get into a routine. Yeah. You're super habitual, so that helps because it was like... We're going to go to the Y, they're going to go to school. Yeah. You know, like we did some yeah. things that were like very routine that I think really helped them. For sure. Um, we got them into schools. That, I yeah. think that really helped. Huge. They both ride the bus, which saved my commute times basically to nothing because mm-hmm. I'm not taking them or picking them up. Yep. Which is um, awesome. I will say that I like each of the kids kind of have reached different milestones as time has progressed. So like when we first had KK, she really, really struggled telling the truth. And I would say over the last couple of months, like that has virtually disappeared. Yeah. Um, there was a month where Nine Eyes reactions were insane. And I think both of us kind of felt like badass parents when we figured out that she was just marrying Foster. Yeah. Basically, Foster would like lose his mind like a two year old might, like, and like tantrum. scream at us, no, and kick. And but like his lasted like 30 seconds. Yeah. And so she would try and mirror it, but like she can speak in fluent sentences. And, she's and so large. hers would last like five minutes, and we were like, what is going on? Like, this is not a typical response. And then we started to like really listen, and even like her voice tone and things like that would like be identical to what Foster was doing. So I think she was just trying to pick up on like, well, you know, when Foster does this, you don't do this. Yep. And so I think she was just trying to figure out what the rules were and yep. what the structure was. And, and I think. They will tell you that night and like all day long in classes. I think until you walk through it, you're like, okay, like this is the adjustment period. Yeah, this is for sure. figuring out them and them figuring out you. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was a cool opportunity for us as parents to have the conversation that like what works for one kid is not going to work for all of you. Like, can you do more stuff than foster? Yes. Tati, can you do more stuff than KK? Like with age comes more responsibility. And so even just trying to understand, trying to teach them that what we do for one kid is not what we're going to do for the other. I think the biggest thing we've learned too is, and this is going to sound weird. We watched a video of a child that was born with no arms, learn how to feed themselves using their feet, like picking up a fork. The reason I share that is because like, it really is this idea of 
when you set the expectation high for kids, they will meet it. Like kids are significantly more talented and more resilient than yeah. we typically think they are because we always step in and fix things. Yeah. And I think we have had to learn like, no, if you really want them to grow as individuals, you have to let them fail. You have to like hold them to a really high standard yep. and you have to like continue to encourage them when they do fail to like keep working at it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would say two big things happen around this time too. Um, my, some of my closest friends in Wichita threw me an adoption shower, um, which essentially just meant that one of our Young Life Committee moms, who's just incredible, um, hosted and then your boss's wife mm-hmm. kind of put it together and it was just a lot of tears, a lot of prayers. Um, and I remember going to that, you asked me right before I left, you were like, are you excited? And I was like, no. And I said, I just feel so silly being celebrated for this because I just feel like at the time, and I don't feel like this as much anymore, but at the time I just felt like I was being so mean all day, every day, mm-hmm. like, because we were still laying a ton of foundation as far as discipline and routines and structures go. And so I just felt like I was like very stern all day, every day. And then I was just going to go get a party thrown for me for being like mean to them. Yeah. And you were just kind as far as like, that's exactly what they're celebrating. Like somebody cares enough to and do that. To and yeah. yeah. And so that happened. And then we had a house forming, which was so fun. Yeah. And we, I can't say, I can't stress this enough. We felt so loved, so cared for, so provided for by everybody. Oh God, gosh. our families, our that friends. Like an Amazon registry. Random people, to oh be honest. Gosh. Like people were sending the girls shoes and shorts and backpacks and like a big old wagon. Like it literally it literally was this idea of like they walked in and immediately had like some sense of normal. And to be honest, financially, like we weren't in a position to like do that. Yeah. Um, we could have like provided all of the basic necessities, but yeah. like it wouldn't have been as genuine as I think like what they felt because mm-hmm. these people came around us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. props to everybody. Yeah, for sure. Else. That was huge. Yes. And so we had Christmas here, which was fun. Yes. We're still wondering why our children do not react in a way that matches their enthusiasm because truly when they open presents, it's like, Oh, yeah, you would have thought they like got a newspaper and they got like brand new shoes or like a brand Barbies new Barbie. And, or yeah, like, so we're like, okay. Yeah. They're, we're working they, on that. Yeah, we are. Um, 2020 starts. We go to Disney. Yep. Which I think we were both, we definitely, I'm really glad that your boss and his wife encouraged us to go because I think maybe when we were adopting the girls, we we're like, should I stay? Like just for attachment reasons. And, yeah. um, but I'm really glad that we went. I feel like it was huge for you and I because we had maybe gone on one date since having them for a couple months. Yeah. Yes. And it just was really good for us. Like, I feel like we had conversations about like where my faith was like at the time I just was feeling extremely apathetic and just blah. And, um, so it, it just was like really good for us to go and do that. And And I think it was fun for like both of our parents. They got a split time. And so I think they got a bond with them uniquely for like that amount of time that they wouldn't have typically got. For sure. Um, Tati. start back in school. Yep. Killing it in school, both of them. Like killing it. Tati's such a good reader. And KK, we were were actually just talking about this. We're like, it is amazing how smart KK is just for, because like we said, she had she her only experience is daycare. Yeah, like she had never been in a school before, like never been in that type of an environment, and then like 
steps into school and like she struggles with some things, but yeah. she's so 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 so, so, so smart. smart. Um, I'm realizing as we're talking, we skipped two kind of big things: file read and then meeting with the state as far as like compensation goes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about like when the file read happens and kind of like explain the that process? Yeah. So mm-hmm. basically, the when they know that you are going to adopt, like when all other things have kind of gone through, they allow you to read their files, which. They give you some information ahead of that, but not much. Their files are like literally massive, massive binders for various parts of their life. Yeah. That basically include all of the information that the state might have on their this child. Mm-hmm. So it includes really tough things like incidents and the reasons why they are put into care. It includes really sweet things like their birth certificate and photos and things like that. Um, and so you just get to read through all of that. And basically the state kind of gives you that as like, hey, we want you to know kind of what you're stepping into. Mm-hmm. You don't get to keep any of it, which I think is weird. You could take pictures? I don't know. I mean, you could take notes, I think. I think you could take notes. Yeah. But yeah, but you yeah. don't get to keep any of it. So, yeah. um, But it just helped us, I think, walk out with like a real sense of gratitude for how resilient they are. Oh my gosh. Because they have seen and been through way more than Camry and I have been through in our combined, you know, mm-hmm. 58 years or whatever mm-hmm. it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think we walked out like a little bit with softer hearts of like, yeah. okay, this is why they react to certain things. They react like, I would even say things like showers, like yeah. they were used as discipline. <laughs> yeah. And so for us, like a shower is like, oh, you're just talking about a way of like getting clean. For them, that's not what they're used to. For sure. So I think there was just things like that where we had to walk out and say, like, okay, we have to really have a better perspective on some of the stuff that they've walked through. Yeah. And, like, even if it doesn't totally make sense, like, help them process through it. For sure. Um, so we've gotten questions, too, about when it's final, which with this whole COVID thing, who the heck knows? Yeah. Basically, it should have already probably been finalized. Yeah. Um, but... The courts are obviously backed up and they're not seeing people in live session and things like that. So I think we're just in a little bit of a limbo waiting for um, some word from our lawyer and from the foster care system on what's going to happen next. Yeah, for sure. So it's April 5th, 2020. They've been with us for seven, eight months. You've been time. Enough, me. Nan commented on a picture that was like, I... It's so it's so funny sometimes to look at pictures and like just wonder how we have not known them for forever because it feels like we have. Oh, like, no. It feels like they've been with us for forever. I know. It hasn't even been a year. And like <clears throat> the idea that Foster won't ever remember mm-hmm. any time without mm-hmm. them. And probably Nana won't either. Yeah. Because she's three and a half when she came and yeah. I think my earliest memories were like between three and four. So um, she's got a birthday coming up, which is going to be hilarious. It is. Probably going to have to do a parade because... Can't have people over for a party. Tati's is in May. Yes. Um, so thank you all so much. For, oh, sorry. I have one more question. Shout out to you, Claw. This is a hard one. So I'll give you some think time. All right. I answer it first. One thing you cherish and one thing that's challenging that you choose not to put on Instagram can be related to your kids or your marriage or you and Tay as individuals. Hmm. <laughs> I will share this because I finally told Tay the other day at the park I think the last week has been really hard being home with the kids, all four of them, because they're not in school, obviously, because of coronavirus. And 
I was starting to just get like a little bit resentful towards Tay. He was doing like several home projects all at the same time, still doing some young life stuff, doing some real estate. And it just felt like at every opportunity, he was just running out the door. Again, it is all stuff that benefits our family. And I think initially when I told you, I kind of framed it as like, I feel like I told him, I was like, sometimes when you get frustrated with me about, about finances, it's because it feels like you are the one, you're the only one that cares about it. And I had said that to you about kids, which obviously is not true, but it just feels like more of the burden is on me, which again, yes, I chose that. But I think when I processed a little bit more, I realized it's, I'm jealous that you have stuff like you, you are being called to do stuff. Like you have people that need you like outside of the home. And I do too, like friends. But I think I just was like, I want to have an appointment or like, I want to have mm-hmm. a meeting to go to. And like, I just want to be able to, cause I, again, you leave without any question because you're like, well, can we got the kids? Like we're good. Like you just sleep. And I think for me, it's like, I don't get to just do that. And yeah. I think I just expressed to you, like, it just makes me kind of mad sometimes. Like, I just want to pick up and go and, like, have no qualms about it. And I can't do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that was a good conversation for us because I yeah. was, again, to me, it was a little bit of, like, the grass is always green on the other side. Yeah, for like, sure. wait, I would love to not have to go paint yeah. or go tile a shower or go do this and that. Yeah. And, um, at the same time, I have watched kids by myself and it's awful and I would never <laughs> want to do that. So. It's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but I think for me, the thing that we don't share, I would say is there's been a real conversation about are we loving them mm. the same way mm-hmm. that we love Foster? Mm-hmm. For sure. And like the, the question really comes from like, are we treating him differently because he's two or because he's our biological son? For sure. And I would say most people, if they watch this from the outside, like wouldn't be able to pick it out, but from the inside, we're like... Well, you know, his timeouts are shorter or, you know, we don't get as strict with him about eating everything or yeah, sitting down for or sure. like, for sure. and so I think we really have like been torn as to like, are we doing it right? Yeah. And that's every parent's question and for sure. we're probably not going to know the answer and we'll probably look back and apologize for certain things. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I would say that's the thing that probably most people who are watching from the outside probably wouldn't pick up, mm-hmm. but we know on the inside are like trying to walk through. Yeah, for sure. We love them. We do. They're, They're awesome. Mess. They're such good kids though. They, they really are. They are. Like, oh, just love them. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys. Bye.